Hey, what is up, guys? Uh, it is the Trivia Guy. Thanks for uh, tuning into another episode of The Issue. Check us out Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you like the show, awesome. Tell a friend. Um, spread it out. Spread out word of mouth here. Um, if not, just relax. It's not a big deal. Don't tell a friend. Go about your day. Um, but hey, check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast or our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Yo, what's up? We're back. It is Monday, September 14th. A lot to get to in today's episode. Just loaded, jam-packed. Tim's with me on the phone. Um, And we have a lot to get to you guys today. A lot of football. Yeah, what's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, Doing a little distance podcast here, guys, like uh, like we've been for the last couple uh, weeks on and off here. Um, But hey, NFL football's back. That's the exciting part. Ready to get to it. Ready to talk about it, some of our thoughts. Um, we'll get to a little baseball here um, early, and then we'll get to some, like I said, football thoughts, just some news, and then um, we'll get to some more in-depth thoughts about the games, every single game um, from Sunday, and then we'll get to our Monday night predictions. We'll talk about money lines, bets, all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, yes, excited. You said Jam Pack Show. I am pumped. No, yeah, we're definitely going to have a lot to get to, and uh, I'm going to start us off with some NHL. Um, oh, NHL instead. Okay, yeah, I like it. I like it. I wanted to throw in a little bit of uh, hockey to today, uh, especially because we're getting close to the Stanley Cup. Uh, we're here yeah. in, in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals. Um, the Islanders and the Lightning, that series is 3-1 to one, Tampa leading, and they play oh, tomorrow wow. night at 8. Um, and then the game that's tonight, which – I probably won't get to watching because I'll be uh, enamored with Monday Night Football, but I'll definitely be sure to be checking the score, at least on my phone. But that's Vegas, Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. They're to play tonight at 8, and Dallas also leads that series three games to one. Um, so pretty lopsided here uh, for the finals, you know? I, I, Tim, yeah. I can't remember the last time that I've seen a final series, like – this big of a this big of a gap in between wins. I mean, usually, I, I just feel like, usually it's pretty tight. Yeah, I feel like the Islanders are just overmatched here. Um, Tampa Bay is extremely offensively gifted. You got a guy like Nikita Kucherov, um, even a, even a guy that we wouldn't even expect a guy. A guy I don't even know how to really pronounce his name. Um, Bogosian, something like that. Yeah. Um, four assists. Um, so they're just getting they're getting guys that are stepping up from everywhere, and I think that is obviously crucial oh absolutely um, so, so that's where you that's where i'm seeing a difference at least um especially like i said kucherov is leading the series in points by five which is a pretty good amount i'm um, considering there's only the four games that have been played leading leading everyone by five points right um and then you look at him with assists he's the leader in assists uh and then, then you see the plus minus victor hedman is looking really good he's a strong defensive presence so um yeah yeah, I mean, I I know with Tampa, they are a very physical team. Uh, especially they Penguins usually run into some trouble there when when we get into the Tampa series. It seems like we always have to cross their path to get to the Cup. Um, I mean, they're just a physical team, hit a lot, and they'll just wear down an offense really quick. And that's when uh, their defense is just so good year in and year out. Um, I agree. And I, yeah, I, I think it's kind of funny. Um, 
we're talking about NHL here, it's kind of taken almost a back burner um, just because there's so many other sports on. I know me and you both played baseball, and uh, in high school, so we, we love to talk about baseball. We love watching it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously football is that, that's the people's sport right there. Everyone loves to watch football. I love to analyze football. I know you do as well. Yeah. Um, it's weird because hockey's kind of taking a backseat. Even just it's it's you can see an example of it. You guys have the Fox Sports app. Go check it out. Um, that's what I use for all my scores, highlights, money lines, all that good stuff. Um, so they have a little bar here. It says the top scores from the day, right? And then it goes to NFL, MLB, NBA, which I don't think that's really a shock. Those are the three probably biggest, most right. major leagues. And then it's NCAA football, NASCAR, soccer, and then way down there next to golf is NHL. So it's wow. kind of weird. It's, it's almost taken a, a really – large back seat to all these other sports yeah uh that is something i've been noticing um the nhl seems like they're i i think it's just because they're being overshined by all these bigger sports right now i mean football's back they're not usually on this time of the year competing with football um the, the nhl has never had to compete with football and that's partly why they've been so successful in the united states you know um so it's just kind, I, of, I agree. It's kind of weird to see them all jam-packed into the same season, and then it kind of shows importance from there. It is kind of weird, and I feel like people that don't don't play hockey don't really know the, the ins and outs of it. Um, even like myself, I'm not a big um, – I don't know all, all the ins and outs of hockey. I don't know all the strategy stuff like that. I know I would say more than some people, but yeah. um, I think part of the reason that I even watch hockey – I don't even watch a lot of regular season hockey. The reason I watch playoff hockey is just because of the fans and the excitement. Mm-hmm. And without that, it's almost like I don't even feel like watching, especially because our team's out of it. Oh, yeah, and it puts a bit – yeah, that's really what's going to kill it this year especially. Um, I think once we get next year, hopefully get this vaccine and, and start getting back to normal as soon as possible. I think that'll be uh, what the NHL looks forward to most. But, I agree. Uh, um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about uh, MLB just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I wanted to get to the fact that the San Diego, San Diego Padres look really good right now. <laughs> like, really good. What is that, like seven um, straight now, I think? Yeah, I, I believe it's seven straight wins for them. Uh, they just look strong. Their their lineup is is really good. You got a guy like Tatis, who's in the MVP race, and then a guy that people weren't even talking about, which is insane, because Manny Machado is so good, and they're not, people, a lot of people aren't even talking about him. Yeah. Um, and he could easily be an MVP candidate as well. And then you get a guy like uh, Denelson Lamette stepping up and their bullpen stepping up. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool. You see a lot of different guys stepping up. I think that's why they've had um, all their success this year. I mean, yeah, look, uh, all of our listeners out there, they know that we've been uh, we've been high on the uh, Padres since the very beginning this year. I think they were. I, agree. Our, I think they were in our pretty high on our power rankings when we first ranked them. Let me let me check it out. I'm not sure. Did we have them? Well, let me check it out for you. If not, they were 11 or 12. Yeah, they were definitely right outside it if um, if we didn't have them in it. Let me check it out here. Guys, go to our Instagram. It's the underscore issue podcast. Yep. Um, you can check out our rankings. We actually did not have them in it, but I do believe they were a number 11 or 12 team, which I think is above what most people would have rated them as. And after the first week, me personally, I was ready to bump them up to at least the the seven or eight spot, and they've looked really good. And I think they're in the top three, top five, maybe top three well, um, right now. So, well, Tim, convenient that you should bring that up because I found the list that we made. Uh, I think it had to be last week of our updated MLB power rankings, and I think I'll just go through those right now and, and make any adjustments that uh, that we see 
you know, if, if there is anything wrong with them since last week. Um, so at number one, we had the Dodgers, uh, two, the Rays, three, the Athletics, four, the Indians, five, the Yankees, six, White Sox, seven, Padres, eight, Twins, nine, Braves, and the 10th spot goes to the Cubbies. So what, we had the, the Padres at seven? Yeah, we had the Padres at seven. I'd probably be ready to bump them up to, to five or six there. Um, yeah, like I said, they just look so good. They do. Um, but hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into actually some football here now. Okay. Um, and you're, we're going to be getting a lot of football here from oh. from this point on in the episode, guys. So get ready, strap in. I know a lot of you guys are listening because of football, especially because it's so big right now. Oh, yeah. Um, coming back, people are excited. So Pittsburgh, it's, it's game day in Pittsburgh, baby. Let's go. Yeah, it is. Um, I just want to talk about – can we can we jump off some bandwagons? Do people even do that anymore? Do they just hold on until the team – officially loses like the championship is that, is that when people jump off i'm pretty I think sure we should yeah. start jumping off now right uh-huh. i'm not gonna sit here and rip bandwagon fans are we've all been there we've all done that i was a big fan of the warriors i still am and mostly because people rip them for you know sign and kd and stuff like that but other than kd they were homegrown maybe they signed clay Tom or they drafted clay thompson drafted steph two guys that no one really expected to be that good right um so yeah um but anyway I'm not considering rip bandwagon fans, but I'm going to suggest something to you fans that are um, kind of on the Bucks and the Browns and those those type of teams, right? Can we stop stop jumping on anything, any team that has weapons, right? Um, so argue with the top three teams with weapons, right? Coming into this year, even four teams. I'll, I'll add a fourth just just, to, just in case here. Prove my point a little more here. The Bucks, the Browns, the Cowboys, and we'll go with even Atlanta, right? They all lost, okay? Mm-hmm. All, all four of them lost. Two of them, it. Two of them wasn't even close, right? Tampa wasn't even within one possession. Yeah. Cleveland wasn't wasn't even within thirty points. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta was barely within two possessions. Um, with Matty Ice, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, a lot of weapons, they were barely within two possessions. Right. And the Cowboys, although close, looked extremely overwhelmed by what I would call average defense. Yes, I know Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, they're top three, maybe even more, at their respective positions. But that doesn't mean the whole defense is special. Yes, they performed well, but I, it's a top 12 defense, so slightly above average. But but um, the Cowboys made them look like they were top three. Um, in the second half, Dallas scored three points. Yeah. Three. How is that even possible? Um, but instead of these bandwagon teams like uh, you know going insane, it was the more structurally sound teams that won this week. So let's look, let's look at some teams that won. Um, the Packers, stability, experience, top-tier quarterback for sure. Aaron Rodgers looked like an MVP candidate, 364 yards, four touchdowns, 128 QBR. Um, Devontae Adams, sensational, 14 grabs, 156 yards, two touchdowns. So obviously, stable, they won. You even look at teams like a good team like um, Minnesota, who actually lost to that Aaron Rodgers-led um, pack team. People bang on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins lost and still had 119 pass rating and two touchdowns. Dak had a second half pass rating of 57. Baker had an entire pass rating of 65. <laughs> All right, so let's continue, right? Buffalo, good structure, really good young coach, finds a way to win usually, got to win. Josh Allen, 105 QBR, two touchdowns. Looked really efficient, looked good. Even New England, structure, defense with Cam. With Cam, new quarterback, eight, out, eight opt-outs, get a win because of defense. And Cam looked a lot fresher than we expected. So stability wins. Chicago, better head coach than Matt, uh, 
like Matt Nagy, better head coach than Matt Patricia. And Mitch Trubisky actually stepped up. So, boom, they win. Defense proved good enough when it counted in the second half. But Detroit has better weapons, way better weapons. Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones, way better weapons, right? We get to a team like New Orleans. Everyone's like, oh, the Bucks, weapons, all this. <sighs> New Orleans, outside of um, you know, outside of Michael Thomas and Alan Kamara, kind of average. People say Jared Cook, top five tight end, not there yet. He, he dropped a couple balls, right? Um, they beat a loaded Tampa offense, and Tampa de- or the Tampa defense was top five, or I think it was top three over the last half of last year. Yep. And it wasn't even that close. The Saints beat them by th- 11 points. Yep. I mean, can we please stop crowning the weapons the end-all, be-all? Like, why don't we start looking at stability and offensive lines here, right? Okay, let's look at the winners. Green Bay. Green Bay better than Minnesota on the offensive line easily. Baltimore, way better than Cleveland. Buffalo, way better than the Jets. Seattle, not that good in the trenches, but Russell Wilson's an anomaly. I don't think we should hold that to, any, to anything. No. Um, New England, definitely better than Miami. Miami's rebuilding their offensive line. Um, Jacksonville pulled off a miracle. We'll get to that. I think Phillip Rivers is looking very not good, but we'll get to that. Um, Washington's offensive line is average, but they out-sacked um, Philadelphia by a lot. Philadelphia let up eight sacks, so clearly offensive line play, definitely important. Um, and then Chicago was much better than Detroit in the trenches. And then you look at a team like Las Vegas, outsacked Carolina. Um, even the Chargers, the Chargers are have a way better offensive line than the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow was sacked three times and hit a bunch. I remember watching um, Joey Bosa was putting some licks on Joe Burrow, man, and it was clear that it had a factor. Um, then you get to a team like New Orleans, a much better offensive line than the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have a rookie and some other misfits that are starting in that um, – in that front five there. Yep. And then you look at Arizona, definitely an exception. I don't think their offensive line is as good as the Niners, but they outsacked the Niners three to two. Even with that Niners really good defensive front, they outsacked um, San Francisco. That's, yeah. And then you look at the you look at the Rams. They let up one sack, but they got to back three times and hit him even more. A guy like Aaron Donald was always in the backfield, living there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Dallas. The only guy that got a sack was Alden Smith. He's been out of the game for four years. I mean, guys, the, the, the proof is right here. We need to stop crowning teams like Cleveland, Tampa Bay. We, we can't keep crowning them Super Bowl favorites and going to the playoffs, all this, all that. I think we need to wait a little bit and look at what actually matters. I know Kansas City, you know, now their weapons are a reason to pick them, okay? You know, like Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. But if you still look at their offensive line, their offensive line is still really good. Yep. And then you look at their defensive line with Frank Clark, Chris Jones, a really good defensive line. So I think we just need to revise our, our, our bandwagon plan here, people. I don't think it's always about weapons and receivers and flashiness. We need to start looking at what really matters, experience, stability, offensive line. Yep. And uh, I think the flashiness behind Cleveland this season is uh, already starting to flicker out a little bit after seeing that first I, performance there. I think I've almost seen enough of a uh, of Baker Mayfield. I mean, seriously. I mean, I just... watching him play Lamar and and the analysts saying that this was going to be a close game this year, and I think we even thought it would be pretty pretty close. Um, just because Cleveland did have improved weapons, they fixed the problem at tackle. Um, you know, and it was just going to be a matter of how they the. Baker fitted with the new coach, uh, but yeah, I, just, I was not impressed by Cleveland. It didn't look I good. Was not like I said, impressed. 65 pass rating. OBJ only had three catches. 
Um, we'll get to we'll get to some more of that when we we analyze more of the games getting um, coming up here. But yep, it just I think we just need to really take a step back and analyze what we're really looking for. Yeah, for sure. Well, that just about does it for the first segment here. Oh, we know we're gonna get news in here, right? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get some news in here. Um, let's see here. Let's look at some news for the sports world today. How about that pass interference call with the Cowboys? Oh man! Um, like I said, we're gonna get to that a little bit more, but that was tough to see the offensive pass interference. In my opinion, calls in the NFL usually even out. Okay, Dallas got a couple calls early. This was pretty much one of the only ones that went against them. I really think we should not look too much into this. Let's not overreact and make a stupid rule about it. Um, I think we should just relax on that. I don't think it's too big of a deal. Yep. Um, some more news. The Colts lose. Uh, Marlon Mack, torn Achilles. That is tough to see, man. He was poised for a breakout year. Yeah. Um, even though he will, will be sharing carries, or he was going to be sharing um, carries with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I still think he was poised for breakout year, and uh, that hurts to see. But oh, it does. It definitely gives Jonathan Taylor some more, some more, you know, rope to to work. Oh, for sure does. Um, so maybe if he's on the bench of anybody's fantasy team, maybe think about putting him in because he's going to get a couple more carries. I agree. And then um, some news out of the uh, NCAA football, guys. People are forgetting NCAA football is back. I know a couple of the big conferences aren't playing, but hey. There is still college football there, and uh, Louisiana Lafayette went into Iowa State and beat them. So that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I'm, all, I'm always kind of rooting for for underdogs. It's kind of cool to see, and I don't really have any ties to Iowa State, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, it's always cool to see the underdogs kind of perform. Oh, absolutely, especially against a, a big school like that, you know, uh, or bigger – um, always always feels good. I, I know it hurt when Evansville beat uh, Kentucky in basketball. Those kind of upsets do they do sting a little bit when you're on the uh, on the bigger side of things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then um, Florida State, it just gets worse down there because uh, they lost to Georgia Tech. So yikes! Um, that's also some more news out of the out of college football, okay. and they fall a lot in the rankings, which they should. I don't think they should be in the top twenty-five. But uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much pretty much all we got here um, out of news. Not a whole lot going on really outside of football, and uh, that little bit of baseball we were talking about earlier with the with the um, the Padres there, and then that NHL. There's just not a lot, not a lot going on. No, but we do have a lot of football to get to you guys coming up here in the. Oh next... wait, hold on. Do we have time for one more quick story? Oh yeah, we got time. All right, all right. I know me and you hunting season opening up, right? I don't know how our listeners feel about hunting, but it, it showed up as a sport here, and I, I agree, hunting's kind of a sport here. Yeah. A girl in Kansas, I'm a 14 year old young lady in Kansas, shot a 40 point buck. What? A forty-point buck. Um, I think rifle must have opened in Kansas. Uh, in Kansas, so that's that's pretty cool. I don't know rifle was open that early in Kansas. Cause yeah. I know here it's only um, it's, archery, but yeah. that is that is awesome. It, it got scored a two hundred eighty-two at six eighths inches. I know you're more versed on hunting, so you know how just how good that is. But it wow. sounds pretty good to me. Tim, the big one downstairs, man, it's 135. It's a 135. So if you. Wow. <laughs> you I, yeah. Cause I've seen some of your buck in your basement and they're huge. And so I can only imagine that. Oh man, this picture is insane. 
might have to take this clip and throw it up on our Instagram because that's insane. That's yeah. one of the coolest things I've ever seen, guys. Hey, um, anyone listening, go check out a just search in forty point box shot in Kansas. It'll pop right up. Um, so that's awesome for her. Pretty cool to see. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, I don't know. Rifle opened up that early there. Usually, I I mean, here it's the first Saturday after Thanksgiving, and it lasts for two weeks, and it's done. So, uh, no, interesting to see, though. Uh, next segment, we have a lot of uh, football coming up for you guys. Our Sunday thoughts and predictions for tonight's Monday night matchups. So, don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss it. We are back. It is the second segment of today's episode of The Issue, and we have thoughts from Sunday, and there were a lot of them. So, uh, Tim, if you want to get us started with one, how, how do you want to do this? We got a lot from both sides yeah, here. Yeah, we got so. a lot of games here. I'm just going to go down down the list here with their, how they're ordered in, um, in Fox Sports here. All right, go ahead. Uh, like I said, Green Bay beat Minnesota um, 43-34. And we'll also go with our picks here. And, and if we're wrong, right, that uh, that type of thing. Right. I know I picked Minnesota. Who did you pick? I think uh, you picked Green Bay. I picked Green Bay because I liked Rodgers. Okay, so you're right. I was wrong. Um, Aaron looked really good. 32 for 44, 364. He always does. Um, four touchdowns, 127.5 QBR. So yep. um, just mighty efficient, um, really good. Uh, and, I, and I think their running game stepped up as well. Aaron Jones, not an incredibly great game. 16, 16 attempts for uh, 66 yards and a touchdown, though. So that's, that's big. Yep. But he also added um, four catches for 10 yards. So definitely a, a factor out of the backfield. But, um, you know, I did notice, though, their, their, what was that, their first, no, second round uh, selection. Um, A.J. Dillon did really, didn't, didn't touch the ball much. He only had two carries for 14 yards hmm. and didn't have any catches. Um, so that was, that was kind of a big takeaway for me. I don't, I don't understand why you're not using him more if you drafted him. In the second round, that's a pretty high draft pick, so I don't really understand why they weren't using him. That is a really high draft pick to sit on the bench and kind of just let that talent waste away. Yeah, I agree. Um, Especially – But I did like – I like the Packers' balance, though. Yeah, like I, I said, they, 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 they totaled 158 yards rushing. So you like to see that. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers went off. And I think most of that was, was play action. They had timely runs um, that right. set up those play action bombs of Devontae Adams. Oh, absolutely. And Devontae Adams, he looked on yesterday, man. I mean, Oh, my God. I mean, 14 catches? Come on now. That's just insane. I am uh, I'm realizing why you are uh, so high on that guy. Uh, oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's a, he's a great weapon out there in, uh, in Green Bay for sure. Um, and then, and then you, you look at the flip side here. I mean, I even go over the losing teams, right? Like I say, Kirk Cousins looked good. He only had six incompletions all game. Yeah, he was a pretty good and 119 QBR. He did throw a pick, but not incredibly. I'm fine with one pick if you have 119 QBR, you know? Well, right. He just moved the ball um, around well, and I think that's really. Uh, yeah, I think obviously the defense is what let him, let him down. When you score 34 points on offense, there's not much else you could do, you know? Oh, no, and yeah. I think the, the real problem was they got zero sacks. The Vikings had zero sacks. Oh, um, yeah. Yannick and Gawkway, the new pickup, didn't even record a stat. Uh, no tackle, no sack, no quarterback hurry, nothing. Uh, oh, just one quarterback hurry. So that, that I mean, that's it. So I think that's that's definitely a problem. Even Adam Thielen had a tackle. Man, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's just not what you like to see. 
But, you know, it's okay. I, I like Dalvin Cook. I thought, he, I thought he rushed pretty decent. I don't think he got the ball enough. He only got 12 touches. Yeah, they didn't give him. Um, on the ground, he had one catch. So I think they need to get him way more involved. Yeah, when you have uh, talent like that, you got to get him moving, man. That's probably one of the most important parts to them being successful this year is being able to get Cook going early. Um, I feel like once you can establish a running game with him, it'll really, really open things up for Kirk Cousins, whether that be play action or just whether or not the defense is going to be keen on those guys or not. So, Yeah, I, I agree. And um, well, we'll move into the next game here, uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. Baltimore throttled Cleveland 38-6. I have written down here that the Browns front seven looked pretty – they looked pretty good early on. Especially. Yeah, they did, but they only they only recorded two sacks of the whole game, so that's a problem. Oh yeah, um, um, and one of them came from what's he? I don't even know how to pronounce his first name, but Tavier Thomas. He was a cornerback, so that was a blitz. And then um, Adrian Claiborne, who's a defensive end, so they weren't getting a lot of a lot of pressure from a guy like Miles Garrett and a guy like Larry Ngunjobi or however you say his name. So. I think they. I think those guys need to step up more. Olivier Vernon, who they picked yeah. up, needs to step up. Chubb and Hunt looked pretty good. They did. I thought they should get some more touches, though. Yeah, they didn't use them enough. They were using them early on, and they were really working. And for some reason, they just stopped going there and just started giving the ball to Baker more. I don't know if that was their game plan to get Baker going later, but um, that's definitely what seemed like would happen. I, I agree. Here's here's where I I have a problem. You have such a loaded backfield and a quarterback who, at this point in his career, we can say is limited. We can say Baker Mayfield is a limited quarterback right now. Yep. I mean, he dropped back 39 times, and it clearly didn't translate, so I'm pretty sure we can say he's limited, right? Um, if you're going to run the ball 27 times and pass it 39, Kevin Stefanski, you're not going to have much success. No. You're going to be just another one of these Cleveland coaches that's in and out. Yep. Um, I just don't understand how, how you can mess up the town on this roster. I don't know. I don't understand it. You have to run the football and continue to run the football and set Baker up with play action passes because that's when he has been successful in the league. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand letting talent like Chubb and Hunt when they played as well as they did early on. Now, I don't know if it was the new coaches thing comes in, Stefanski just goes, okay, guys, listen. You know, just ease into things, hand the ball off a little bit early, and then as we progress, start getting Baker the touches he needs to get. And Baker didn't deliver. Um, and it's hard to deliver when you're not giving your running backs the ball enough. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Um, bad enough on the Browns. They're dysfunctional. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, at least so far. Maybe they'll figure it out because they have enough talent to where if they do figure it out, I think it could switch very quickly. Yeah. I mean, they just but looked, as of now, not a good football team. They, they just didn't looked, look good. They looked very Cleveland-ish yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I think we both picked the Ravens, so we were right there. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, Lamar looked incredibly good. He, he looked did. so good. How did uh, it work for your fantasy there? Really good. Um, right now, guys, give you guys a quick update. I just need Sterling Shepard to not score, I think, 15 or 16 points, and I got a win. Um, all my guys are done. My guy, The guy I'm playing just has Sterling Shepard tonight, which I am trusting the Steelers' defense. So hopefully he doesn't get above, what, I think it was 15 or 16 points. So hopefully. But uh, anyway, back to Lamar. He looked really good. Um, 152 QBR. Only had, he was 20 for 25, so efficient. Three touchdowns. I, I loved what he did, and then rushing the football, seven carries for for 45 yards. Yep, just looked like another dominant Lamar Jackson performance. I think it is a little bit telling though. His running backs didn't look that good. 
Um, Mark Ingram, 10 carries for 29 yards. That's not what you want to see. And J.K. Dobbins, 7 for 22, also not what you want to see. No, yeah, um, so they, I think they need more production out of there if they're going to play, you know, good teams like the Niners and the Chiefs and stuff like that. They're going to need more production. Right, but it's also just a testament to how good Lamar is. That uh, Oh, I agree. I, I mean, agree. He doesn't <laughs> – I mean, his running back has played terrible games. Those are not good games. Those are not good statistics. And he still played – way like way up the par i mean this guy just he didn't miss at all yesterday i agree and um i think they need a little bit more production as well um from the receivers other than hollywood brown yeah that would be um, the he did thing. have five catches for 101 yards and mark andrews ended up getting five for 58 with two touchdowns so that was good um yeah I don't know, and outside of Brown, Willie Sneed, and Andrews, they kind of fell off there. Boykin only had three catches, 37 yards, and, and the rookie, Devin Duvernay, only had one for 12. So I think they need to get those guys more involved. But overall, I thought it was a really good game from, from Baltimore. No, yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, what game you want to go to next? We'll kind of just glance over the Jets and Bills here. We're not going to get too much into this because I really don't care about this game much at all. I think yeah. the Bills are going to run away with this division, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold looked okay. He looked like he was kind of the only dude out there. And, um, well, when your running backs only go in total um, 15 for 52 yards. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Sam Darnold actually had six of those yards. So when um, when the running backs go 14 for 46 yards, that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Uh, Frank Gore looked okay, but he looked old. Um, and Le'Veon Bell had six carries for 14 yards. I mean, come on. Um, he did add two catches for 32 yards, but they just didn't look like they had any weapons. Jamison Crowder was their leading receiver. Other than that, no one else eclipsed 40 yards. Oh, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, that definitely needs some work. And then over the Bills side, I think Josh Allen just looked good. It just simply looked good. 33 for 46, um, 312 yards, two touchdowns, had 105 QBR, so he looked good. I mean, rushing the football, he's their leading rusher, too. I think they need more production out of their backs to really beat the better teams yeah. in the AFC, like – um, like the Ravens or the Chiefs, um, Devin Singletary only had 30 yards, and their rookie Zach Moss had nine carries for 11 yards, so really, really bad. So they need to improve that, but I think they just got by today or um, Sunday, so good for them. They need to take week by week, but uh, they need more production out of their backs. No, for sure. Um, continue on here. We got Seattle at Atlanta. I did. Russell Wilson is so so good. I did want to. I did want to talk about this. Um, I love Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's obviously the top three quarterback in the league. Um, top two. I'd put him number two right now. But he has no weapons. He what he's able to do is so impressive to me because he has zero weapons there. Outside of DK Metcalf, he has not agree more. no one. It was it was um, comical. I mean. It was it was the it was the one man wrecking crew. It so Ross goes thirty one for thirty five. Yep. Three hundred and twenty two yards, four touchdowns, and one hundred and forty three QBR. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. He also led the team in rushing for three carries for twenty nine yards. He, I mean, Carlos Hyde twenty three yards, Chris Carson twenty one yards. Um, so it wasn't good. I think receiving Chris Carson pulled, picked up the slack a little bit, six catches for forty five yards, and added the two touchdowns. So that's big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, outside of I think Tyler Loggin had a good game. Tyler Loggin had eight catches for ninety-two yards, and then DCAF, uh, DK Metcalf obviously added the four catches for ninety-five yards and a big touchdown. But yeah, no, I agree. Outside of you know Metcalf, Lockett, and um, and Russell Wilson himself, I think it is impressive to see what he's able to do with with not a lot. I just don't know what these people need to 
see to to know that how just how good of of quarterback Russell Wilson is. That he can could go, not agree more. I mean that he can just take a team that has little to no talent on it and just pull them like that. It's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and then um, going over the Falcons had Matt Ryan. I do not like him dropping back fifty four times in a game. That's a little much. It is a little much. He. Uh, 54, or he's 37 for 54, so too many passes. He did put up the stats, though, 450 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Not too worried about it. He had a 99 QBR. Um, He looked good. He looked like a typical Matt Ryan. He yep. looked like he's going to put up some stats and be just a really solidly above-average quarterback, a top-10 quarterback. Um, not elite, but good. But I did like – I mean, the receivers looked really good. Uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and um, – Russell Gage all had nine catches for over 100 yards, so that was promising. I just think their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Yeah. That was that was really what got to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> they just couldn't cover. No, like Everybody was open all the time. I agree. I agree. Um, but then we'll go down here to, to Miami at New England. Cam wins his first game as a Patriot. I love to see it. Yeah, he was uh... – he looked pretty good. He was decent. Yeah, I liked his efficiency. 15 for 19. He only threw for 155 yards, but he didn't make any mistakes. No interceptions, no fumbles. And he had 101 QBR, so he was good. He was a solid quarterback. And he added 15 carries for 75 yards, which I love that they're getting him in on the ground. Um, he had two touchdowns there. I love it. I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this game. The Dolphins are still rebuilding. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the, the future, obviously. He threw three picks and had a uh, 45 QBR, and they're they're a little bit low on receivers right now. They're two and three receivers opting out, so I don't think there's a lot to look at here. Um, other than the fact that Cam looked really good, he looked efficient, he looked like rejuvenated, you know. Oh no, for sure, yeah, he looked really good. Um, I really like the way. I don't know, man. He seemed like he just came right in and commanded that offense. Um, he did. He looked like he knew kind of what he was doing. I'm sure they simplified it a little bit, but I, I did like that he didn't look. He didn't look overwhelmed. He didn't look out of out of sorts. He looked like Cam Newton. Yeah, he didn't look out of place. He he fit right into that offense, and uh, I bet I bet you Bill Belichick's a little happy about that. But also, oh, he definitely know he's grinning right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think he made a pretty good move in Cam after seeing this week one. I agree. Yeah. Um, moving on, Jaguars with a big big upset. Okay. All right. I don't like this because I can't I, believe he hasn't DM'd I us like yet, the dude. Colts. I can't believe he hasn't DM'd us, man. I know. I was thinking the same thing. One of our Jaguars fans from the show was big high on the Jaguars, and I guess in a way he was kind of right. I mean, I still don't think they're going to be a good team. I think this is more telling about the Colts than it is the Jaguars. And maybe um, just a fluke game, hopefully, so our predictions yeah, don't look too, too bad. Yeah, Philip Rivers just kind of didn't look good. I mean, he had an 89 pass rating. He did have 363 yards and touchdown with the two INTs. They were crucial INTs. Um, yeah. He can't be throwing those interceptions at those times. I don't, I don't, and I don't think they got T.Y. Hilton involved enough. Only four catches for 53 yards. That's a problem. I would like to see him get more involved. Just, um, but like I said, I think it was more telling about about the Colts than anything. I did I, I did like Minshew. And I've, I've always said from the beginning, I don't think Minshew's a – Great quarterback, but I don't think he's bad. He went 19 for 20, 173 yards, three touchdowns, 142 QBR. So he didn't put up an insane amount of stats, 
but uh, he was efficient through touchdowns, didn't make mistakes. So I, I liked it. No, yeah, I definitely uh, thought he looked good. Um, I was really surprised to see him, to not just see him, but the entire team play that well against the Colts, who I know have had I love a, the Colts. a good I think amount they're still of hype around I think they have a good amount of hype around them coming into this season. I know we talk about Colin Coward a lot. He really likes the Colts. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of the Colts as well. I think this is mostly a fluke, but I, I am a little worried though. Yeah. But uh, moving on to another wrong prediction of ours: the Washington Football Team surprised the world and beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, that's that's bad because I have the Eagles winning the division. Yeah, that didn't look good, man. I mean, yeah, and, and a lot of people are gonna bang on Carson Wentz with two interceptions and only a seventy-three QBR. Can we take a minute to realize that this man was sacked eight times? No, he had no protection. That offensive line in Philadelphia is terrible. So bad. I mean, eight times. Come on, guys. Like, guys, you, they're, oh, they're losing. Lord. They're losing this game to a team that wants to lose this year for a draft. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it it's kind of shocking. Um, I did though like I, I there's some things I did like from from the Eagles. I, I I like that they got Dallas Goddard involved. Although I do have Zach Ertz on my fantasy team, he got a touchdown as well as Dallas Goddard. I do like that they're getting their tight ends involved a little bit more because they don't have a lot. Um, on the edge, though, Jalen Rieger caught only one pass. It was a long pass for 55 yards, but only one, only one catch. He needs to be better, and uh, Deshaun Jackson needs to be better too. Only, only two for 46. Yeah. So I, I think you're just seeing some of their weapons that are lacking right now, and then obviously they're off of the line. But I, I think they should rebound well. I don't think Washington is going to continue to win football games, um, but their defensive line can show that they can steal a couple games here and there. No, yeah, for sure. Um... Wow, that's all I have to say about that game. Is wow, yeah, I can't believe um, that. Yeah, we'll get to uh, Chicago and Detroit. Mitch Trubisky looked like a competent quarterback. He did. Um, that's what. That's my only takeaway. I'm not even going to get into the rushing numbers and all that on on Chicago. Mitch Trubisky looked like a competent quarterback. Three touchdowns, 104 QBR, um, 20 for 36, so not bad. Uh, that's all I want to say about about Chicago and and the fact that their defense held them in it long enough in that second half. Um, they did let up the early the 10 early in the third quarter. But then from that point on, locked down, and they were able to get the ball back to their offense. So Trubisky could put up those 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean. Let's see how the Lions did. Though. I didn't even check what the Lions stats. Matt Stafford didn't look good. Not efficient at all. 24 for 42. Ooh. Um, a 77 QBR through a pick, so oh, don't like to see that. No, yeah, and I also don't like, to see, I don't like to see DeAndre Swift dropping that pass. Yeah, um, it's pretty open. That could that could have won in the game, so that sucks, but uh, I don't think there's too much to look at there. I don't think either of the teams are going to be extremely good. I think if Mr. Trubisky could continue to play like that, I think Chicago could sneak into the playoffs, maybe. But the NFC is so loaded, I don't have either of those teams in the playoffs anyway, so... Um, moving on here, we'll go to Vegas and Carolina. Mm-hmm. My takeaway is that the running backs were sensational. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, 93 yards on the ground, um, and adding three touchdowns and then in the air, uh, he got four passes for 46 yards. So he totaled over a hundred yards, um, with three touchdowns. Mike, the guy I was playing against had him in fantasy. So that kind of hurt. You know who, but, you know, who didn't look good in that game? 
Who's that? Derek Carr. You didn't think he looked good? I don't know. He looked spotty. I mean, 22 for 30, though. 100, 108 QBR had a touchdown. But I think people – I think we got to manage our expectation on Derek Carr here. He just looked, well, he looked that. very – you know what it reminded me of? Almost a little bit, not 100%, but kind of reminded me of just being stiff a little bit like Mason Rudolph. He, he's just a very safe quarterback. And I think with a running back like Josh Jacobs, if they can add a decent defense – He's good enough to win a lot of football games. I, I definitely think he'll win a lot of football games, but I just I didn't I just don't like I don't All like right, that's football. fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I do like that Henry Ruggs got involved though. He had five touches for sixty six yards. Kind of yeah. cool there. He got a couple of rushes even. Um, he just looked good. Simple as that. Uh, I think he needs to continue to make steps forward. But hey, not bad at all. No, yeah. And then and then Carolina Teddy Bridgewater looks like what we expected Teddy Bridgewater to look like. A lot like Derek Carr, actually safe, conservative, 99 QBR, not lighting the world on fire. Get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, look, McCaffrey had 23 uh, rushes, 96 yards, two touchdowns. He had three catches for 38 yards. So, yeah, I think I think that's going to be the formula. Get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And that's your favorite formula for your fantasy team. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then um, only three more games left here. Big one here. I love this game. Um, low scoring, but I love the Chargers and the Bengals. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this game. We have just about a little bit under 10 minutes left. Uh, we're going to get through these rest of the predictions and get you guys the uh, Monday night predictions. But uh, Absolutely. Um, so, real quick here, uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot on the Chargers. I thought their defensive line played well. The sack numbers only at three, but, hey, um, they were hitting the quarterback a lot. So, I like that. Um, and then Tyler Taylor was a safe quarterback again. 16 for 30, 75 QBR, didn't light the world on fire. Yep. Their offense was actually really stagnant. But on the Bengals side, Joe, Joe Burrow, guys, I know people are going to bang him on the stats, only 23 for 36, 193 yards, and an interception, only a 66 QBR. But hear me out. The way he commanded that last drive, he, I loved it. Joe Burrow looks good. He, there's, he's a He's a player. He's a really good football player. I agree. And he, and it's a, I was surprised. His mobility, he had it eight rushes for 46 yards, and then that touchdown. He looked really good. I think that touchdown was, what, from 26 yards out? and uh, 23, yeah. 23. And, uh, dude, I mean, he impressed me. He, imp- I thought he was going to come into this game. I didn't think he was going to look very good at all. Um, I, I just think I think some of these numbers were also skewed because his offensive line's terrible. Right. So and you I, get to keep that in mind. And I think barring his offensive line, he looked really good. Right. I have this written down right here. Bur- Burrow looked good, limited by his O line. I think if you give him any sort of an offensive line, he would probably do pretty pretty well. Uh, this yeah, season. I was I was pretty. I was, Cincinnati should be excited that they got Joe Burrow. Oh, for sure. He's going to be, I think, a pretty good franchise quarterback. Um, yeah, so moving on to the America's Game of the Week there. Buccaneers at the Saints. Wow. Saints ended up coming out um, victorious. I touched on a little bit. I think we should just relax because it's not the end. I'll be all that. Um, Tampa Bay has all the weapons. I did want to touch on the fact that why why is Leonard Fournette got not getting more carries? Five carries. And people were like, well, he doesn't know the offense and this and that. Guys, he's a running back. Hand him the ball. He'll figure out where to go. He doesn't need to know every play in the book. Yep. What are we doing giving Ronald Jones 17 carries and Leonard Fournette 5? Leonard Fournette's a much better running back. It's disgraceful that he only got 5 carries and only added one reception. Disgraceful. 
Bruce Aarons needs to really evaluate this because it was terrible. I, I couldn't stand watching it. I'm heated up. I'm heated just talking about it. Yep. I don't know how you bring in such a talented guy like that and give him six touches. <sighs> Five rushing interception. That's that's crazy. But anyway, um, I, I thought I thought New Orleans looked decent. Drew Brees um, was actually not as efficient as he normally is. Eighteen for thirty, but uh, but I mean, they found a way to win. Their defense was solid. Um, a pick six, and then they turned over Tom Brady once more. Even I'm not including the pick six to two total interceptions. They looked good, um, and their offense was just good enough. They were just they were good. It was, I think the Saints were a very well rounded team. I said that going in, they're a well rounded team, and they they proved they played to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Everyone here. Arizona pulling off the upset. I love it because I love Kyler Murray. Yep. Um, but I do get a little worried that this could be a Russell Wilson type situation out there in Arizona. Oh yeah. He led the team in rushing and obviously in passing. Um, that's a problem. Yep. So I, I think they need to look to address that. Need more weapons. Uh, but Kyler Murray looked really good. The Niners didn't get enough pressure on the quarterback at all. Um. And I don't think their run, run game was as strong as it generally is. I know they had 123 total yards rushing, but I think they need north of 150 to be really successful. Uh, and then George Kittle got hurt um, and was out, uh, mostly precautionary, I believe. But uh, they definitely definitely need him back. Oh, you hate to see it, but um, I did love to see that upset. It was uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was cool to see. Definitely, I like it. It's a change, you know, change of the pace. Yep. And um, then finally, real quick here, we'll get to our Sunday night game. The Rams beat Dallas 20-17. to 17. Dallas's offense looks stagnant. I don't know what's wrong with them. They look very middle of the road again. They exactly like, what I predicted. They look, eight they eight. look like a complete 8-8 eight eight team. I think both these teams look like 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, teams. Yeah. So. All right, we just have just, um, just under five minutes left here, and we are going to get you guys our predictions for Monday night and the money lines on them just real fast. To All right, who are you liking, Pittsburgh or New York? The line is – Six and a half for Pittsburgh. I like, I like Pittsburgh. I'll take the six and a half. And I think what's the over under on that game? Forty four. It is forty four and a half. I will take the under on that. I game. will also take the under because I think Pittsburgh's going to put the clamps on Daniel Jones and that young, um, first of all, first year first year coach, um, young quarterback. So yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the under. I think Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take Pittsburgh to, to cover the spread here. I think they're going to win by more than. Then six and a half points, so seven points. I think they're going to win by. No, yeah, I think um, I'll take Pittsburgh to cover the spread. I will take Pittsburgh to start the game a little slow on offense, just getting things figured out. I think Pittsburgh's offense picks up towards the end of the second quarter, going to the halftime, and uh, I think the Steelers' defense plays great throughout. And uh, I agree. And uh, guys, let, just want to let you know the game's actually at seven ten. Seven ten. It is six fifty right now. So in case you're listening, we are not watching the game while we're saying this. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's actually an early start time, so I'm pretty excited about that. And that's because we have a doubleheader. Uh, we have Tennessee at Denver, high altitude. We'll see if it affects Tennessee. Tennessee is actually favored by three and a half. Who do you like? Man, I like Tennessee. I like Derrick Henry. Um, I think he's going to do pretty well, especially tonight. Um, I think he's coming off a long, hard offseason. I've seen how much work he's put in and, and some of the stuff he's been doing. I, I like the Titans here. I'm going to go with Denver. I'm going to make it sweet, uh, short, simple. I think their defense is really good, defensive-minded coach. I think they're going to put the clamps on Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's limited. I think Derrick Henry can't carry them all the time, and I don't think this is one of those games he is going to be able to carry them. I will take the under, though. I think it's going to be a defensive game. The under's at 
and the line's at 41 and a half. I'll, I'll also um, go under. I will take the under, but I think Drew Locke is going to be, I think they're going to, he needs to be conservative and efficient uh, instead of the normal run and gun, gunslinger type of mentality. So hopefully um, they play to that strength a little bit. No, for sure. Well, we shall see. I'm excited to watch getting this one just in under the line right before the game start. So guys, Tim's, Thanks for joining me, and thanks for listening to The Issue.